Welcome back to Sports Crutch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. It is the belief of many that the Chicago Bears were the winners of the 2018 offseason. Not only did they surround quarterback Mitchell Trubisky with a new coaching staff that could get the most out of his potential, they drastically upgraded the weapons around Trubisky and might have had the best draft class on paper. Today, the Bears reported to their trading cap at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbonnais, Illinois, where they will begin to put this promise into practice. How much of that promise can be harnessed this year? Well, to help us answer that question and many others about this 2018 Chicago Bears ball club is our good friend Chris Shanafelt of NFLDraftBible.com and a tremendous Bears fan himself. What's up, Chris? How you doing? David, long time no talk. Doing well. As always, appreciate you having me on this wonderful program. Uh, love the work that you're doing with the show. And uh, again, man, uh, really, really excited. Bears reported to training camp today. Um, earlier in the week, we had the Baltimore Ravens report. Obviously, they're the first two teams to report this year, seeing as they will have uh, five preseason games kick off the preseason with the Hall of Fame game. Uh, going uh, one-on-one with each other. So uh, we are almost there, David. We are almost at the uh, best time of the year, and that is football season. It's a a wonderful time to be alive, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is a wonderful time to be alive indeed, Chris. And with you being a Bears fan, has there been a Bears season in recent memory that you've been eagerly anticipating as much as this one? Uh, Honestly, I I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, I, I kind of... Uh, grew up during uh, uh, the uh, Lovey Smith years. I'm not even going to lie. You know that that's kind of when I kind of uh, was brought into uh, the Chicago Bears football. Obviously, my family uh, have uh, grown up as fans, and um, that goes that goes years and years and years back. But uh, for me, it was back when uh, Lovey Smith was the head coach. But uh, you know, I, I can't say there's been a season. Um, that I've been more excited for than this year, seeing as what the Bears have been able to do, uh, starting with the new coaching staff, what they're able to bring in in the draft, and, uh, of course, free agency as well. Um, This is a totally different team than what what was on the field last December. There's no doubt about that. Um, So, yeah, long long story short, David, no, I I don't think I've ever been as excited um, as I am right now around this time of the year uh, for the Chicago Bears to start than, uh, than this one right here. Oh, I, I feel you, man. They definitely have the pieces in place to begin a process to be very, very competitive for quite a while. And uh, But before we get into some other stuff, let's dive into what we heard today at the press conference with General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy. And uh, one of the elephants in the room was the fact that Roquan Smith uh, the Bears' first-round draft choice, the amazing linebacker from Georgia, is still yet to sign his rookie contract. That said, that's nothing to be alarmed about because only three of the top ten picks have already signed their rookie contracts. That is uh, Josh Rosen, Bradley Chubb, and Quentin Nelson. But is there a certain date when Bears fans should start to panic if Roquan Smith's contract is it done by that time? You know, I was really hoping and almost almost expecting that deal to get done today and maybe they release it, uh, you know, with this new, uh, with the Bears media policies, they, they like to keep everything tight. And it really, it's been that way since Ryan Pace has come aboard uh, to the Chicago Bears as their general manager. But uh, I, I was almost expecting it. I think Aaron Lemming threw this out the other day as well from Bear Report and um, uh, from uh, SB Nation, excuse me, 
Um, he, he, he almost thought the same thing that the Bears would announce this when Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy met with the media today. Um, obviously, that did not happen. Um, and as you said, uh, you know, not, not many. I think there's still about 12 or 13 first-round picks altogether that are still unsigned. Um, so we should be seeing a lot of deals getting done as uh, teams report to training camp. But, uh, you know, th- there might be a couple that don't get done. Uh, you know, we've seen Joey Bosa a couple years ago with the uh, Chargers hold out for uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, you know, right now I'm not too worried about Roquan Smith being unsigned. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would be lying if I uh, didn't tell you, David, that if he wasn't signed by their first practice, um, well, their first practice is Saturday, uh, first practice open to the public will be Sunday. If he's not there by uh, Monday, if he's not signed by Monday morning or, or Sunday evening, I, I'm going to be a little concerned. Um, now the Bears, like the Ravens, are starting a week earlier than uh, every other team in the NFL since they do play in that Hall of Fame game, and they kind of start the season or game action a week earlier than everybody else. So um, but we'll see when this deal gets done. I'm hoping... Uh, by the weekend, if if it doesn't get done by the weekend, and, and you know we we got a few practices under our belts, and, and Roquan Smith still isn't there in Bourbonnais, then I might be a little uh, start start to begin uh, be, being a little bit worried. Yes, uh, hopefully that situation comes to a resolution sooner rather than later. And but Roquan Smith wasn't the only name brought up uh, in terms of contracts. Now, uh, now David. Are, it, I, sorry to cut you off, but I will say one encouraging factor in all this is that Roquan Smith was a part of uh, the, the Bears' off-season trainings, OTAs, all the rookie um, events that they held uh, up leading up to this point. So that is encouraging. I, I don't think that this is something that Roquan Smith uh, or, or the Bears want, obviously. Um, so I, I will say, seeing as he was a part of the off-season programs for the Bears, that, that was an encouraging sign. And uh, again, I, I expect it to get done sooner rather than later. Indeed. And back to what I was saying, um, Roquan Smith wasn't the only name brought up in terms of potential contracts uh, at that press conference today. Uh, the Bears have two key players on their young defensive core due up for extension. They're entering the final year of their rookie contracts, both from Ryan Pace's inaugural draft class. Uh, nose tackle Eddie Goldman and criminally underrated safety Adrian Amos. Which one of those two should be the bigger priority to extend before the season or sometime during the season? Man, that, that's a good question, David. Uh, you know, I, I know Adrian Amos had a, a breakout year last year and played very, very well, but I'm going to go with Eddie Goldman and, and uh, the help that he brings on the defensive line, um, you know, especially with, uh, with, with Akeem Hicks and, and Leonard Floyd went healthy. Um, this, this could really be one of the better defensive lines in all of football. Um, of course, we've seen what Eddie Jackson was able to do last year, had a fantastic rookie season uh, for the Bears at safety. Um, should you expect that every year out of Eddie Jackson? Well, probably not, but we will see. Um, and again, not to knock Adrian Amos, not to discredit anything that he did in the past, uh, especially last year, having a career year for the Bears, um, having to earn that uh, starting spot back again, and uh, he, he certainly did that and some. But uh, if I had to choose, yeah, I, I would have to say Eddie Goldman is probably more important to this defense than maybe Adrian Amos. Oh, very interesting take there, Chris. 
And another um, fascinating comment made by Coach Nagy at the press conference today was uh, that he wanted to, quote, callous the Bears, meaning that he wanted the, the training camp to be more physical than it's been in the past. And how will such a more physical training camp benefit a Bears team that's been devastated by injuries in recent years? Yeah, that's that's going to be uh, interesting to see. I mean, uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think you could say the word physical. Back when Trestman was the coach for the Bears running training camp in Bourbonnais for those two years, um, those were very interesting. Obviously, it got a little bit more physical, or, or compared to Trestman, it got a lot more physical when John Fox was uh, in charge of the Bears last year. Um, but you, you did kind of see him uh, favor the players in, in some practices in, in terms of, you know, let's take it light today. And, again, not that – I mean, I'm sure every team has those type of days where uh, they're not going to go full speed 100%. But a couple years ago, Doug Peterson's first year in Philadelphia – um, I had the pleasure of covering one of, or, or a couple of their training camp practices in Philadelphia. Um, Carson Wentz's uh, rookie season, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I have not, I've never seen a training camp practice that physical. I mean, uh, it, it was almost like a, a live scrimmage all practice long, and, and it was just a regular day for these Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, obviously, um, Doug Peterson coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree, such as Matt Nagy. Um, we'll see if he can bring any of that to the Chicago Bears. Obviously, we've seen what Doug Peterson was able to do with those Philadelphia Eagles just last year, winning the Super Bowl with their backup quarterback, Nick Foles. Um, I'm not saying let's expect that type of uh, turnaround or, or even as quick of a turnaround as Doug Peterson got uh, Philadelphia um, you know, in two years of a Super Bowl. But uh, you know, th- th- this uh, Chicago Bears team, it, it wouldn't hurt them to be a little bit more physical and to have a little bit more of a nasty edge uh, on their side. It most certainly would, and I completely agree. And plus, uh, the Bears uh, need to get more uh, metal toughness in them since they couldn't close a lot of one-score games last year, and that's the area where they are um, bound for some improvement, uh, keeping that mindset in close games and hopefully pulling out some more uh, victories. And But the big headline of this Bears team is obviously Mitchell Trubisky. Headed in his second season, the Bears... Uh, gave up uh, quite a bit to move up one spot to take him in the draft because they see him as the future face of their franchise at quarterback. And Matt Nagy is bringing in one of the most quarterback-friendly schemes known to man, a very similar scheme run by Doug Peterson and the Eagles last year. are going to see a lot of RPOs, a lot of uh, unique uh, college spread option-type movement in that offense. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch. But Matt Nagy, he himself said... um, during OTAs, I believe that this is a pretty complicated scheme and it took the Chiefs five years to learn uh, this offense during the time he spent there with uh, Andy Reid. And does that complexity of the scheme Matt Nagy brings make you worry that Mitchell Trubisky might get worse this season before he gets better? It does not. It it, it does not, David. I mean, uh, last year, it it was pretty rough. I mean, uh, Trubisky certainly had some growing pains, and uh, we'll we'll probably see some more of that again this year, but uh, Trubisky has even said himself that um, while this is a more complex, a more complicated offense, he feels much more prepared heading into this season than he did last year. Now, of course, last year being a rookie, a lot of things are thrown your way. Um, He probably didn't expect to get on the field as quickly as he did due to the uh, terrible play of Mike Lennon, who was uh, ahead of him at the time. Um, and you know, just, just, I mean, we, we all know about John Fox 
teams, uh, his his offenses. I mean, Dow Loggins was the offensive coordinator last year and was for the past couple of years. Um, I mean, it, it just was not a, a not really a quarterback friendly offense. It, it, it was a terrible offense, just, just to, to be flat flat out. And uh, you know, Jordan Howard, I think during uh, Super Bowl week in one of the media interviews, he even said, you know, it, it was just uh, it, it was disappointing, very very uh, disheartening that every team uh, knew exactly what we were going to do just about every play. Um, so that alone will, will make things more uh, exciting to watch uh, the Chicago Bears offense this season. And then, uh, you know, we, we brought up about the, uh, the, the fantastic offseason that the Bears seem to have. And, you know, a lot of people are very high on the San Francisco 49ers heading into this year, you know, another year with a, or a full offseason with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo working together. And I understand that. I'm buying into the hype as well. But I think there's a good chance that the Chicago Bears have the type of season that the media and a lot of people expect that the 49ers to have. Uh, this season now uh, again I, I, I don't think that's the Bears fan in me speaking it may be though David I'm not gonna lie but uh you know what I mean that what they've been able to do this offseason and, and again I don't expect these to click right away it's gonna take some time um you know you, you may ask me this later on in the show I'm, I'm kind of expecting maybe a seven and nine eight and eight at best season for the Chicago Bears if they could do any better that'll be um, more than what I can uh, ask and what I expect, but uh, you know things are certainly on the up, up and coming for the Chicago Bears. I mean, uh, you know, last year having a top ten, top twelve defense in the league, being able to retain Vic Fangio, which is key. One of the biggest things they were able to do in the offseason was bring back Vic Fangio to work with this uh, defense that has a lot of potential and have uh, added some, uh, even a really or been able to retain some great players such as Kyle Fuller. Uh, at cornerback, um, and then obviously the pieces they've been able to add on offense, starting with the head coach, Matt Nagy, and of course, uh, free agent acquisition, Allen Robinson. Um, again, things are on the up and coming for the Chicago Bears in 2018 and beyond. Oh, the Bears are definitely on the upswing, man. As I was also talking to my good friend Hal Bent on this program earlier in the week, that there's a lot of hype around Pat Mahomes breaking out this year, and for good reason, but Mitchell Trubisky, uh, that you shouldn't sleep on him either. And Hal agreed with me that it is perfectly reasonable to expect a Jared Goff-type leap it this year for Mitchell Trubisky with the, the new offense and those new weapons, and not just statistically speaking, but uh, but in terms of improving his technique and overall skill set. Would you uh, expect such growth from Trubisky this year? Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, again, not only the offseason acquisitions and the new head coach. Um, but, you know, th- this offensive scheme alone is going to make this team totally different. It's going to make them a lot tougher to match up with. Um, uh, again, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, seeing uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Howard uh, in those Super Bowl interviews, and I believe it was on uh, uh, the, the NFL Network's morning show, Good Morning Football. And, uh, you know, again, he said, you know, every defense knew what we were going to do just about every snap while we were on offense. And, and that's the guy that has back-to-back had 1,000-plus yards uh, rushing seasons. I mean, even when defenses knew what they were going to do, he's still able to get get the job done. And, and now you, you add this new offensive mind in Matt Nagy um, and Mark Helfrich as well. I'll be oh, interested yeah. in seeing exactly what they're able to do, bounce ideas off each other, two totally different coaches there. Um, you know, 
I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun. Again, and then to bring in the offseason acquisitions, you, you bring in uh, Mr. Philly Special, uh, 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 Trey, Burton. Trey Burton, yeah, at tight end. We'll see if uh, if we could get a, a, a sophomore uh, a sophomore pick me up type season out of uh, Adam Shaheen, who has a lot of potential. I'm sure Matt Nagy is uh, really looking at his chops into uh, building him into the type of tight end that he wants to. Uh, be and then of course bring in Allen Robinson from uh, Jacksonville Turbo uh, Taylor Gabriel uh, at wide receiver as well and, and of course Tariq Cohen to match up with uh, Jordan Howard there in the backfield I mean it's going to be a lot of fun man and, and you know what speaking of the new coaching staff I think something also should not be overlooked and that's the backup quarterbacks behind Mitchell Trubisky bringing in Chase Daniel who uh, has years and years of experience under this Matt Nagy, Andy Reid type offense, as well as Tyler Bray, who also has experience in this offense. If Mitchell Trubisky, for whatever reason, has problems and uh, can't get to Matt Nagy during a game or, or, or whatever it may be, practice, whatever, he can always look to his backup quarterbacks, whether it's Chase Daniel or Tyler Bray. And, uh, you know, these are guys that, again, David, you, you said it. I mean, this is one of the more complicated offenses in the NFL. Mitchell Trubisky is not going to get everything right off the bat. It's going to take some time. Uh, so it's really, I think that's something as well that should not be overlooked is um, not only the new coaching staff, but the backup quarterbacks as well, Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray. Oh, having a Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray in that quarterback room should help ease his transition quite a bit. And not only that, you mentioned Mark Helfrick. Mark Helfrick was... Marcus Mariota's head coach at the University of Oregon, and you saw what uh, uh, Ken Wisenhunt did during Mariota's rookie year. He helped uh, uh, simplify the playbook a little bit for him to uh, get him in a rhythm, and having Mark Helfrick there should help uh, ease that transition for Trubisky as well into this uh, new scheme. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, and uh, you know, kind of just building on this offense, and something else that... Uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace brought up today in the press conference there in Bourbon A, uh, David, that uh, was probably the most noteworthy of everything that they, they both said, and that's that uh, nobody's starting on the PUP. Not Kyle Long, not Leonard Floyd, not the newly acquired Allen Robinson who tore his ACL last season. All these guys are 100% full goes. So that's got to be very, very promising and very exciting for the coaching staff to know that heading in, we don't have to worry about any injuries. Yeah, maybe you favor some guys. You know, maybe some of these guys get get an extra break in practice, or you know, when, when you see them uh, on their uh, on uh, slumped over on their knees, needing some water, you know, give them a, a quick two three minute break, whatever. But uh, the, the fact that nobody is going to be starting on pup, especially. Uh, with, with the past or knowing the, the injuries that this team has had in the past, especially to some star players such as Long and Floyd and now Robinson, um, you know, th- that's got to be very, uh, very refreshing for this new coaching staff to know that, hey, you know, day one came, uh, training camp comes around and we got everybody, uh, everybody participating. Oh, absolutely. That had to be one of the biggest positives from today's press conference said you mentioned the new receiving weapons that they gave Mitchell Trubisky this offseason obviously Allen Robinson Trey Burton 
Taylor Gabriel, and you forgot Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller was one of my yeah. favorite players in this entire draft class, regardless of position. He just is a clean route runner, and if you want to know how special he could be, put that game of Memphis and UCLA on last year. He just dominated that entire second half, leading Memphis to the upset victory over UCLA. And which one of those four new targets will have the biggest impact this season for the Bears? Yeah, you know, uh, this this is a very, very tight end friendly offense. And a lot of people are expecting uh, Trey Burton to have a, a similar year to maybe a Travis Kelsey or um, I, I haven't really heard Zach Ertz as of yet, but uh, he, he's expected to pick up a, 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 or, or have a really big impact on this offense. So I, I if I had to choose, I would go Trey Burton. I, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, two, maybe even three tight end sets. And that, that's also going to include uh, Adam Shaheen, the second-year tight end, and uh, Deion Sims, who they acquired in free agency last year, more of a blocking-type tight end, but uh, showed last year that he can be a receiving option if need be. Um, so I would go Trey Burton out of those new receiving weapons. But just to piggyback on what you said about Anthony Miller, um, yeah, I mean, this, this guy is a freak, man. And like you said, that UCL, UCLA game is no joke. And this is a guy that had to really, and I know it may sound cliche, he had to earn everything that's come his way. He was a walk-on at Memphis, had no offers coming out of high school. Uh, again, a walk-on at Memphis, was on the scout team his first year, finally got his opportunity, and then obviously uh, turned into a, a receiver uh, that, that went in the second round of the uh, 2018 NFL draft. Somebody that the Bears had to trade up for, to go and grab, and uh, like you said, man, clean route runner, humongous hands. Had one of the biggest sets of hands uh, in, in the draft this year in, in terms of receivers, and uh, again, uh, very excited to see what type of a, a rookie campaign he can put together with uh, some uh, very, uh, you know, some, some very exciting and um, very, very good uh, veteran uh, weapons uh, ahead of him. Yes, and another weapon that I cannot wait to watch in this Matt Nagy offense is Tariq Cohen. Uh, when you look at Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen is a unique gadget player, and when you use the term gadget player, a lot of people say, oh, just a 10-12 touch-per-game guy, but when you look at Kansas City and what they did with Tyree Kill under Matt Nagy's watch these past two years, Tariq Cohen, uh, yeah, while there are differences, he is a very similar weapon to Tyreek Hill, and the Bears just couldn't find creative ways to use him last year. And that, I think, is another reason why I love this coaching staff so much is that they're going to find those creative ways to use him that the the prior staff under Dowell Loggins just could not find. And can Tariq Cohen be as productive in Matt Nagy's offense as Tyreek Hill was? Maybe not as effective and as big or... or well, he can certainly be as big as a playmaker as Tyreek Hill. I, I, I have been a huge fan of Tyreek Hill, excuse me, uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, since his North Carolina A&T days. And, uh, you know, I, when the Bears selected him last year, man, I, I was really excited. I, I knew the type of player that they were going to get. Now, uh, he, he had a lot of home run type plays last year that even got brought back due to penalties. Um, you know, it, it, it was quite ridiculous. So, um, you know, even under that that Coat that, that, that I hate to say, poor coaching staff, poor offensive-minded coaching staff, I should say, last year that the Bears uh, worked under, um, you still kind of see the potential and, and the kind of splash plays that Tariq Cohen, the 5'6", 165-pound 
uh, like you said, gadget player was able to make not only on offense but special teams as well. And um, yeah, a lot of people have made the assumption that maybe, just maybe, Tariq, uh, Tariq Cohen will see more time at wide receiver maybe in the slot than uh, at tailback. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what to expect. I know one thing for sure, though, and that is Matt Nagy. Uh, I mean, he has to be very, uh, very excited. And I know he has some things in the back of his in the back of his pocket. I mean, I know he has some special trick plays uh, when it comes to Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, again, uh, Andy, uh, excuse me, uh, Matt Nagy coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree. We seen the Philly special last year uh, under Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. We've seen Tariq Cohen throw a touchdown pass uh, last year as well against Baltimore. I'm not sure who is going to be throwing the ball when, when it comes to one of those trick plays. Will it be Trey Burton? Will it be Tariq Cohen? Um, you know, a, a lot of guys <laughs> uh, that, that, that don't play quarterback have some uh, passing experience. So um, I, I'm not exactly sure what to expect out of Tariq Cohen. I know, he's, I know Matt Nagy has a lot planned for him. I know – He'll be on the field a lot. He'll have a lot of opportunities. Um, we'll see how teams game plan for him, though. Will they expect Tariq Cohen to be a, uh, used uh, similarly to uh, a uh, Tyreek Hill? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do expect to see Tariq Cohen um, all over the football field, at receiver, at running back, maybe at, even at quarterback a player, too. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, David. It is going to be a lot of fun, and like I said, there are differences between Tariq Cohn and Tyreek Hill, and he might not be as productive statistically as right. Tyreek Hill, but there you mentioned uh, lining up Tariq Cohn at quarterback. Like, during Tyreek Hill's rookie year, I remember in a game against the Broncos, uh, they put him in the wildcat on third and goal, and he beat Von Miller to the corner and took it to the house for, for a score. Those are plays that I think Tariq Cohn could be equally as productive on. Yeah, and I fully, I fully agree with you there. I mean, uh, again, I mean, a lot of people question his size, and uh, they, they, they aren't sure or weren't sure if he he, he would uh, be tough enough to play in the NFL. He took some hard hits, man. There was a lot of big hits delivered on Tariq Cohen uh, last year. Well, uh, play after play, he was able to get up, and uh, you know, luckily he, he didn't suffer any injuries last year or, or any serious injuries. Um, I'm sure he was banged up here and there, but. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping that his body can uh, withstand the uh, all the physical contact. Again, smaller stature guy, but when he's on the field, he makes a difference. He most certainly does. And one of the most important, or arguably the most important thing to look for in trading camps are the trading camp position battles. Because every NFL team has a lot of starting spots up for grabs, and the Bears are no exception. So what are some of the biggest position battles for Bears fans to pay attention to in training camp, and who do you think has the upper hand in those specific competitions? Well, I will start on the offensive line, and I will go uh, guard, and that is uh, between the rookie second-round pick, James Daniels, uh, out of Iowa, and Eric Cush. I mean, the, the Bears had a lot of a lot of things planned for Eric Cush last year. He, he showed a lot of promise uh, two years ago um, when they picked him up late in the season, um, last year, I believe he had a hamstring injury and, uh, it cost him the entire season. Um, so that, that's one battle right there. Obviously James Daniels, a lot of people thought that this was a guy that, that would be selected, uh, maybe in the tail end of the first round, the bears were able to grab him in the second round. Um, he obviously played center at Iowa. They're, they're going to make him uh, make the transition to guard and maybe at some point in his career play center, um, later on, but they, they want him to 
uh, learned guard at first. So that's that's one battle right there, James Daniels and Eric Cush at guard. And the other one, the other battle I'm really uh, interested in, in seeing and uh, paying attention to, it's, it's not necessarily much of a battle, I don't think, but I'm just interested in seeing who's going to be playing opposite side of Leonard Floyd. Um, you know, obviously, right now it's probably going to be uh, Aaron Lynch. He probably has the upper hand, but this is a guy that uh, at the end of OTAs, I believe he had a hamstring injury, and uh, the, the report initially was that he will be back uh, for training camp. I have not seen any updates on Aaron Lynch. Um, that's something I should get on uh, right now. But, uh, again, I, I'm interested in seeing who's going to play opposite side of Leonard Floyd. Again, Aaron Lynch had a big year, his rookie season, uh, in San Francisco. That was under Vic Fangio. That, that should be noted. So uh, that there is some chemistry there. Aaron Lynch does know this uh, defense. Um, will it be Aaron Lynch? Will it be Sam Acho, a guy that's been here the past uh, three, four seasons? Uh, you know, not much of a pass rusher, but pretty good in uh, coverage. And, uh, again, kind of looked at now, at least since he's been in Chicago, as more of a special teams player. But he has shown that uh, if need be, uh, he can uh, hold his own uh, at the uh, at the uh, off, uh, outside linebacker position. So uh, th- those are two position battles I'm kind of looking forward to checking out there. The, the offensive guard, who's going to play opposite side of Kyle Long, and uh, who's going to be playing opposite side of Leonard Floyd at uh, outside linebacker. Yes, and speaking of that uh, competition at the opposite uh, edge rusher, outside linebacker, opposite of Leonard Floyd, a name that you didn't mention is the Bears' six-round draft choice, Kylie Fitz, out of Utah. I saw Kylie Fitz at the Senior Bowl. Uh, He has a very interesting story. Uh, Injuries have robbed him, but... uh, but the tape that he's shown at Utah looked very, very promising. So uh, when you look at the spot opposite Leonard Floyd, it could be a revolving door this year. Do you think Kylie Fitz can earn a spot in that rotation this year and get a healthy number of snaps? I, I do, actually. You're right. I, I'm not sure how I forgot about Kylie Fitz. I, I do think if he can stay healthy, you know, maybe it will be a revolving door there opposite side of Leonard Floyd. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if, you know, Aaron Lynch, Kylie Fitz, and maybe Sam Acho here and there, um, you know, get, get in. I mean, get a fresh body in there every once in a while. That, that may not necessarily be a bad thing. And we've seen what Philadelphia did last year, man. I mean, they are stacked with pass rushers on that defensive line. And, uh, you know, they rotated a lot of players. So um, that, that's certainly something to look out for as well. Maybe it won't just be one guy playing opposite side of Leonard Floyd. Maybe it will be uh, two, three guys. Um, and who knows, maybe it's somebody that we haven't, uh, that's not on the roster as of yet. Maybe they pick up somebody that gets cut at some point in camp or on the way, uh, as teams trim down to 53 players. We, we, that's something to look out for as well. Oh, it most certainly is. And back to that guard position, guard battle between James Daniels and Eric Cush. Who do you think has the upper hand there? You know, that, that's really, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I really liked Eric Cush. A couple of years ago, when the Bears first signed him, and uh, you know I, they signed him off waivers, I believe from Kansas City. Uh, I know he made another stop somewhere else at some point in his career as well. I think they got him from Kansas City, though. Um, so even there, there there may be a little bit of uh, a familiarity with uh, Matt Nagy um, coming from Kansas City, but uh, you know, I mean, th- this James Daniels is really highly thought of as well, and uh, Harry Heesand, obviously one of the best in the business. I'm sure has put his hands on uh, both of these guys, and maybe he knows who will 
uh, or, or, or has an idea who will have the upper hand. If I had to go with one, I'd probably say I'd probably say they're going to go with the vet and Eric Cush over the second round pick rookie uh, James Daniels. But uh, I would not be surprised if week one comes strolling by and uh, James Daniels is in the starting lineup um, and, and not Eric Cush. That, that's I think that's uh, it's probably the, the 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 number one position battle um, heading into camp. If you ask me. Oh, I think I might have to disagree with you here, Chris. I think James Daniels might have the upper hand because Harry Heastan wasn't the offensive line coach when the Bears picked up Eric Cush. I'm not saying Eric Cush doesn't have a chance, but it wouldn't shock me if Harry Heastan was the guy pounding the table for James Daniels in the second round because obviously I think the Bears' first choice before Roquan Smith was Quentin Nelson, and Nelson obviously went two picks before, so Roquan Smith was their second choice, I assume. But Harry Heastad had to be pounding the table and the windows and everything in sight at Hallis Hall for James Daniels. And I think Heastad wants Daniels to win the starting job because he is the guy that I believe he handpicked personally. And that that's a good point. That That is a good point. Uh, again, I, I could see it going either way. That, that certainly wouldn't surprise me. And you make a great point, David. I mean... Um, before Quentin Nelson was selected by the Indianapolis Colts, if he were there on the board, I'm not so sure Roquan Smith would still be a Chicago Bear. Uh, I think Quentin Nelson would, would be a Chicago Bear. So obviously the Bears did see a need there uh, at offensive guard, and it was proven by them selecting one in the second round. So yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is going to be a. I think this is going to be a very physical, a, a very interesting battle. And again, uh, may the best man win. <laughs> Indeed, and speaking of uh, this Bears rookie class, uh, we mentioned Roquan Smith, we mentioned Anthony Miller, we mentioned James Daniels, and we mentioned Kylie Fitz. Which one of those other draft picks that we didn't mention should Bears fans be highly anticipating uh, in training camp? Uh, I like, you know, how about the the defensive lineman uh, Nichols uh, out of Delaware? Yeah, Matt Bilal Nichols. Nichols. Yeah, Bilal Nichols uh, out of Matt Nagy's alma mater, Delaware. Um, this is uh, this was a guy that um, I seen live in St. Pete, uh, Florida, for the East-West Shrine game, and uh, he was giving offensive lineman troubles there. Then uh, he was a late add to the Senior Bowl as well, and uh, had a pretty solid performance at the NFL Combine. Um, it's going to be hard for him to to see uh, playing time. I gotta think. Uh, seeing as he'll be behind uh, guys such as uh, Akeem Hicks and uh, Eddie Goldman and, uh, you know. Jonathan Bullard. Jonathan Bullard, yes, Jonathan Bullard. So, so you know, there, there's some depth there on the defensive line. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe not right away, but this could be a pick that maybe a year from now, this is a guy that has an impact on the team. Maybe maybe not necessarily his rookie year, but give, it, give us some time uh, transitioning from the FCS level Playing on the the line of scrimmage is uh, always tough. Making that transition from the FCS to uh, the National Football League, as it is, even if you're playing big time uh, FBS football to the NFL. But uh, you know, playing in the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, again, maybe not necessarily year one. Nichols may not have a huge impact, but maybe year two, year three, I could see this being a guy that uh, they they kind of groom into being. Uh, you know, the, the type of defensive, I, I believe they uh, see him as a defensive end in this Vic Fangio uh, 3-4 defense. Um, you know, may, maybe, again, uh, down the line, this could be a, this could really turn out to be a player and, and maybe even a starter uh, for the Chicago Bears. 
Oh, I completely agree. And he is Chris Shanafelt, ladies and gentlemen, NFLDraftBible.com. Also, check out his website at ChrisShanafelt.com for his amazing interviews that he conducts with countless underrated small school NFL draft prospects and many more. And you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Shanafelt. Chris, it's uh, always a pleasure having you on the program. But before you go, I want to uh, touch on a subject that you uh, spoke about a little bit earlier. Uh, you say you see the Bears as a 7-9, and 8-8 team this year. I do. I think that's the most realistic expectation for them this year, especially in a stacked NFC and when they're in the division with two teams that could meet for the NFC Championship in the Packers and Vikings, for crying out loud. So seven or eight wins, Bears fans should be very happy with that this year. But what do you think is the worst case scenario for the Bears? Because I honestly think seven to nine or eight and eight is the best case scenario this year. Yeah, you know, I think even maybe possibly scratching out nine wins isn't too far fetched. But uh, worst case scenario, I mean, they are playing, uh, you know, outside the NFC North, which that alone is uh, pretty uh, pretty damn tough. To say the least, as you mentioned, you got Minnesota, Green Bay, two teams who possibly could be uh, going going to battle to win the NFC when it comes uh, down to it. And then, of course, you never know what to expect out of Detroit. They got the new head coach as well, Matt Patricia. Um, you know, they're always, at least as of late, in the run for anywhere between seven and, and nine wins as well. Worst case scenario, I mean... The Bears do have a pretty tough schedule outside of the NFC North as well. They, they got the NFC West, uh, let's see, uh, AFC East as well, and then uh, I see they even got uh, Cincinnati again this year as they played them last year as well. Yeah, worst case scenario, maybe I can't see them having any uh, or, or less wins than they did a year ago. Um, worst case scenario, maybe maybe six wins, five wins, maybe. But again, that, that's worst case scenario. I mean, I, I think a lot's going to have to happen. And again, I, I know uh, this. Again, I, I, we're not talking about some team that is uh, has, has had a lot of success lately. So uh, you know that, that almost seems like the norm when saying five, six wins. But uh, I, I think Bears Bears fans should be pretty happy, pretty excited that you know that that's for the at worst category. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's been a rough. Rough four, five, six years for the Bears and uh, and Bears fans. So uh, again, I think they finally turned the corner. They're starting to do the the right things and add the right pieces and the right coaching staff uh, to this uh, to this organization. And uh, I, I at least for for now, I think the the, the worst is behind us. Uh, the Mark Trustman era was awful. Offense was all, uh, fun to watch, but the defense was the worst I've ever seen Chicago Bears football play. Uh, last year, or, you know, the John Fox era was uh, very, uh, very foxy. You can say, I mean, uh, that that was that was rough to get through. Um, now, now the Matt Nagy era begins. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, second year, and uh, you know, again, as I said earlier in the show, David, uh, being able to retain Vic Fangio and you know, add a, a, a star linebacker or who should be a star linebacker and Roquan Smith to this defense, playing side-by-side uh, -side with Danny Trevathan. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about the uh, Chicago Bears team, and uh, it should be a fun fun year ahead. It most certainly should be. Chris Shanafelt, NFLDraftBible.com. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and we hope to have you back on again very, very soon.
Absolutely. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, as always. Appreciate you, as always, as well, Chris. And that's it for today here on Sports Crush. But we'll be back next week with more 2018 NFL training camp coverage, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Chris. For Chris Shanafelt, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long and as usual, stay awesome.